And welcome, everybody, to another edition of the Landlord and Tenant Pod Mess, the only podcast that has the balls to ask the question, can a landlord and tenant be buddies? Hi, everybody. I'm one of your hosts. I'm Landlord James. And I am the spirit of Jacob Marley, who is condemned to roam the earth as a punishment for being a rude dude back on earth. Wait, is that Bob Marley's son? Very funny, James. Very funny. Um, you put together. Yes, they're not related at all. Thanks for ruining my funny Christmas Carol. I, am, I was. I'm being serious. Thing. I thought he was the Bob Marley's son. You know, he's like his own artist, and he's doing his own thing. No, Bob Marley's son is Ziggy Marley and uh, Damien Marley and several others. I believe he had a lot of kids, actually. Uh, but no relation. Oh, you. I feel like. Well, no. Keep do it again. I'm sorry. I didn't mean to ruin it. I do. No, please do it again. I'm. I'm done. But uh, imagine. Imagine if I passed away and then I came back to haunt you. Okay, I'm imagining it right now. Mm-hmm. Well, not just me passing away, but imagine me coming back to haunt you and you're sleeping in that one of those fancy beds that has the curtains all, uh, all over it, like you're in like a sultan's tent. I would scare the yeah. hell out of you. Um, unfortunately, Mike, I hate to burst your bubble, but I'm not actually afraid of, uh, supernatural beings. In fact, I have a pretty big passion in cryptozoology, which, um, listeners probably will know. Um, Mm. you know, I'm all about the weird and the freaky, uh, and that includes in the bedroom. So (laughs) yeah, some ghost appearing to me in bed, I'd probably go... Yeah, yeah, I've heard it. I've you know, I pr- if a ghost approached me in bed, I'd probably go, yeah, I'm not really scared. But uh, if you want to get freaky in here with me, hop in. <laughs> that's probably well, not if you were the ghost, but you know what I'm saying. That's like you, so yeah, yeah, that's a weird association to make. I said, what if I haunted you, and you said you'd ask me to hop in and get freaky? Uh, let's that's not, not what go I meant. there. I meant, yeah, if I saw a ghost, which you know, if I saw a ghost, nothing to do with you. I'm the right. kind of no taboo freak that I yeah. probably go. Yeah, why don't you hop in and we'll have a freaky time? Right. Obviously okay. not you, but you know if Yikes. we're talking Daryl Hannah as a ghost, you know something like that, or even Knock a, on wood. a ghost where you where it just looks like the sheet. I'm fine with that. Right. So a sheet ghost or or the spirit of Daryl Hannah. Uh, knock on wood, by the way, that Miss Hannah does not pass away as a result of what you just said. You know, heaven forbid. Um. Here's a question for you as a cryptozoologist. Mm-hmm. Around this time of year, I'm always a bit unclear on what exactly Santa is. Is Santa a creature? Or is Why he a do man? You say that? Well, he's been alive for, you know, he, he, he's almost like Loch Ness Monster or the Yeti or something. You know, people, every, everyone's constantly talking about him, you know. No one's ever really seen him, and he has magical powers. He. You know, he's scary sometimes. Yeah, some people have uh, have considered this fact that Santa might not be a human. He might be uh, a crypto animal. Um, maybe like the uh, Ishii lake monster from Japan or uh, oh, yeah. uh, Chessie, the uh, sea monster found out, out on uh, Chesapeake Bay or... Uh, something to do with Ogopogo or, you know, some right. kind of Yeti guy. Mm. Who knows? Maybe a Yeti did it with a human and about 2,000 years ago, and then all of a sudden there's Santa. I don't know. Right. Am I, 
my goodness. Mm-hmm. But I guess there's until we get a sample of his uh, his semen or his, his DNA, or, or it doesn't have to be his semen. But until we get a sample of Santa's DNA, we we won't be able to really know for sure, right? Yeah, I, you definitely didn't need to say semen. I mean, when you watch a cop TV show and they go, we've got to get the DNA of this criminal, the other guy doesn't go, okay, well, let's go get his semen then. They take a hair, Mike. <laughs> they, they, they go to the guy's hairbrush and they pull out a hair and they put it in a machine. They don't go, okay, Isn't I got to jerk him off. always saying like, get his semen? <laughs> I mean, that would be kind of a cool twist, though. Yeah. Oh, my God. Yeah, maybe scientists discover that there's like a double DNA that's even more telling than DNA, but it's only in semen. <laughs> um, oh, science. I, something to I, I think went about. To, I went to high school with a girl whose father was a uh, prison guard, and she... Uh, this I. Years after she told me this, I I realized how insane it was. She was like, "Yeah, my dad's a guard at the prison, and uh, he tells me sometimes that they have to like hold down a prisoner to get a DNA sample from him, and they have to hold down a man, and then someone has to jerk him off to get <laughs> to get a sample." I guess the prison guard had never heard of a cheek swab. Yeah, yeah. Did that 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 was your friend's dad? Yeah, and he was just like telling his teenage daughter, like, "Oh yeah, back from work, great day at work. Oh yeah, we had to hold down a guy, and you know, you know, I wouldn't tell my daughter that. I wouldn't, ha- I wouldn't uh, put myself in that position either." Wait, are you really saying that the they he said he jerked off the prisoner? He, she said that her father was present when other guards. <laughs> what? She said her dad merely held one of his arms down or something while another guard did the the, the nasty. But, but you don't need to get semen for... Why would you need yeah. to get semen? What is he... Looking back... It was doing probably, in vitro? Yeah. Looking back, it was probably just um, uh, a classic case of uh, prisoner abuse. <laughs> yeah, because... Yeah. I don't know what... I mean... I, yeah, that's confusing. I'm just going to say that's really confusing. Yeah, and I remember her telling like if they're holding him down to beat him up or I don't know. <laughs> you hold him down, I'll jerk him off. <laughs> yeah, I mean I'm I'm very confused. I'd love to chat with your friend and get to him yeah. or her on the podcast because the, the the thing that sticks out about this anecdote of hers is that I remember her telling it like it was a joke. Like she was saying like isn't this so funny what goes on at my dad's uh workplace? Almost as if it was like um you know, a, a routine you'd see on The Office or something, you know? Yes. Wow. The Office uh, meets the show Oz. Yeah. Absolutely. Wow. That's a stunning uh, revelation. At some point, I'd love to do a best of podcast where we, you know, uh, put together clips of all the biggest revelations that um, oh happened on, on the show. And uh, that would be in there. That was crazy. Jaw Mike, droppers. Mike's friend's dad did this in a jail. And that's yeah, very weird. I could tell the story. We could reenact it maybe. Um, no. And then I could try and, I mean, dramatically, not literally do it. Uh, then I could try and reach out to her to see, um, you know, how she feels about it all these years later. Could work. Could be fun. Could work. It's very strange. We definitely don't endorse it also, and um, sorry yeah. for this man. Yeah. It's very strange. Very strange. Um, but I'm glad we're talking about it, and I'm glad we're bringing it to the audience and giving them, <laughs> you know, bringing this to them. I'm glad this is now something they know and, yeah. and that we've informed them about. Especially this time of the year. 
Um, yes. So, James, how has your week been? For the love of God, you know, there's snow on the ground. The it's cold. It's Christmas is in the air. That's a great question, and uh, I'm good. I'm good, listeners. I'm good. Um, as you know, last uh, well, since the holidays started, I uh, got freaking pissed off that we're not kids aren't allowed to sit on Santa's lap anymore. So mm-hmm. um, I created my own renegade rebel Santa uh, Santa place. Um, I called it <laughs> Santa's Freedom Village. I guess what do I, what do I call it, Mike? I said Santa Place, but Santa that's obviously place. yeah. Santa's Place, the new sitcom. Um, anyway, I, yeah, I rented out an old motel and I'm calling it Santa's Freedom Village. And I hired a bunch of Santas uh, to to be there and live in the motel uh, that you could bring your kids to. And um, these, I just like to interject here. These men you hired to be Santas, they're not exactly, mm, how shall I put this, uh, the cream of society's crop. They're not exactly guys uh, you want to bring home to mama. Let's put that way. Yeah. Right. Um, you know, Mike, welcome to the real world. Mall Santas aren't going to be Wilfred Brimley or sweet old grandpa eating pudding. Mall Santas are some of the hardest, most fucked up guys in the in the world. And at least that's my understanding. Um, and uh, yeah, so I hired a lot of dudes who ha- who were in the military, who, who are from Eastern Europe. And... Um, Sadly, we've run into some hiccups because of that. Right. Well, I know last week you you mentioned the the um you had some sad news that I think one or two of your mall Santas had uh, sadly passed away because they were um playing Russian roulette, which was yes, shocking which to hear. I've really come down hard on that. I do not want them to do that. I don't encourage that. Um, right. but it's for them. That's like Nintendo Switch. That's like you know. <laughs> playing uh breath of the wild right for them it's uh, sadly it's russian roulette um see here's the mistake i made mike i i don't know a lot about the balkans okay sue me yeah i'm the first one to admit that about uh, myself understatement of the century yes i am the first guy to admit i don't know a lot about the balkans and i hired i hired some croatian guys and i hired some serbian guys and apparently that's not great that's not a great thing to do because there are a lot of issues. Uh, they are fighting. Uh, I would not. That motel is a very, very dangerous place right now. Oh, God. Yeah. Um, I mean, there's a lot of ethnic tension and, you know, almost like it's like tribal warfare. Uh, ever since the, uh, you know, disintegration of uh, Yugoslavia. Yeah. It's been at each other's throats. Yes. Like, honestly, they really are like oil and water. Right. But. Yeah, considerably more violent and aware of centuries-old grudges than oil and water, uh, sadly. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, apparently uh, the Serbian guys are from some group called Serbia Power that are descendants of the Black Hand. I didn't know any of this. I thought it was like, hey, Serbia Power, baby. Woo! I didn't know it was a bad thing or a controversial thing, I should say. Whatever. Anyway, it's not great over there. There's been a few more um, incidents of people... Not living anymore, um, which sucks, but that's where we're at. And, you know, right. it's December friggin' 14th, and I'm worried we're not going to get the number of customers we need to break even on this thing. But fingers crossed. My God, that's awful. Uh, I wish you had come to me for some advice about this, because I do know a little bit about the Balkans, not to toot my own uh, horn. Um, can I just ask, 
what's the like what kind of body count are we talking about here um you know a gentleman never tells when it comes to this kind of thing um i don't feel i mean uh, what do you say i mean hey how about this more than you know more than uh more than fingers you have how about that more than fingers you have okay yeah and we'll leave it at that we'll be coy we'll be cute about it and uh and we're hoping we're hoping for better times and uh we're hoping really for for customers to come to you should maybe think of getting um someone from the un to come in as like a peace broker maybe bill clinton uh just like he did um for the good friday agreement in northern ireland maybe you can coax him uh to come to etobicoke to your uh, motel and talk some sense into these uh Balkan, uh, you know, Balkan bing bongs. These these guys who are causing all this trouble. You know, that's not a bad idea. Bill and I uh, certainly party together and uh, hang out with a lot of the same crowds. So, um, yeah, I-, I could ask Bill. I could see if he could do me a solid. He loves his Canadian uh, legal marijuana. I'll tell oh, you that, right? Oh, I'm d- sure he'd, he'd be up these for days a trip. He, he is inhaling these days. I'd imagine. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, yeah, so that's look at my world. Um, what about you, Mike? How's life in your uh, lane? <laughs> well, thank you for asking. It's so rare to, to be asked uh, about myself these days. Uh, I'm okay. As you know, I am struggling to compose a Christmas song that I want to be, you know, a Christmas classic. I want it to be as popular as all I want for Christmas is you or Let It Snow, or Fairy Tale of New York, the original version. Um, So I've been struggling a bit, though, coming up with the right melody and and lyrics and stuff, and all I know is that I want this song to be about uh, something to do with a candy cane. And I actually have a little demo to play for you, and I'm curious to hear uh, what you think about it. Now, there's a bit of a caveat here, sir, before you get too excited. Okay. I did um, write this song... After 72 hours without sleep. What? Hi. And um, I was inspired by classic tales of, you know, artists and musicians um, using certain substances to spark their creativity. And uh, as you know, I'm not usually a, a coffee drinker. So I sat down at my keyboard and I had a cup of coffee, black coffee, and I was instantly addicted. My God. Next thing I knew, I was having, you know, thermos after thermos of black coffee. And then, of course, I graduated, uh, not, you know, to college, but to Red Bull. And uh, then I started uh, just downing caffeine pills. I hallucinated. I saw a big candy cane coming out of the toilet as I was uh, taking a leak. And it scared the goddamn shit out of me. But it did inspire a melody uh, and a... And some lyrics were born. It was just me repeating the the famous words, candy cane. Anyway, here it is. Now you know the backstory of why it sort of sounds this way. But um, let's well, roll I want to hear. Stop, stop explaining it. Let me hear the All thing. Right. All right. Here it is. I am the worm who lives inside of Santa. 
And there you go, world premiere of my... It's a demo only so far. I am still going to do a bit of tinkering with it, but what the heck do you think, James? Um, I think that was shit. That was insane and really bad. Okay, we don't exactly have a Roger Ebert on our hands here. I'm not trying to be mean, and I'm listeners, I hope you know I'm not trying to be mean here. We get that, you know, people don't like it when I'm mean. Yeah. But yeah, that was really, really insane. I mean, that's bad. In my defense, I was out of my mind on uh, caffeine when I did that. Um, And also... You know, whatever you say, whether I guess it's here's the problem. Whether you loved the song or not, or whether you hate it with all of your soul, I I have no sort of uh way to gauge its quality because I'm too close to the darn thing. You know what I mean? So it could be a work of genius or it could be garbage. I'll never know. No, it's it's definitely garbage. Yeah. Well, we'll never know, you know. Well, I think we do know now. Yeah. That it is very bad. And um, look, I don't want to put pressure on you, but we're trying to boost popularity for the podcast. And uh, you've put out a promise that you're going to put out a essentially a classic Christmas song. Yeah. Uh, I think you're going to have to start from scratch because, yeah, that was... Do you think that song bad. has what it takes to no. compete with, you know, nope. uh, I'll Be Home for Christmas or mm-hmm. something like... Um, I saw three ships come sailing in on Christmas Day. No, no, it doesn't. All right, it really doesn't. It's it's very it's it's very bad. All right. Well, I guess I'll keep I'll keep it working. Keep on struggling. Yes, keep, keep it working. Maybe maybe up the caffeine a bit because okay. I don't know if if this is just not enough caffeine. Yeah. Or I was urinating red. If that makes any difference, so I don't know how. I don't know if my body can take much more caffeine. Hey, but you know what? If you can make uh, half of your stream of urine red and the other half green, it actually might be appropriate for the time of year. <laughs> true, 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 true. I wonder if you could eat some food dye, but just try to, as you eat it, keep it on the left side of your throat yeah. and down your stomach. I wonder if you could keep the spiral, too, that a candy cane has by sort of twirling... Um, Swirling your penis around as you're urinating to create that lovely classic candy cane pattern. That's a great idea. And something I think more men should be thinking of doing in the holidays, you know? Maybe Absolutely. eat a couple packets of food dye, swirl it around, and then <laughs> swirl your penis around when you pee. It, 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 I mean, it's, it's a great opportunity to get into the spirit. It's the magic of Christmas. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it is, and and you know, and you know, it would smell great too, being in that room. Oh with this, God, <laughs> this happy man. Oh, I'd love to be in that room when that happens. Uh, um. Well, was there anything else we wanted to talk about here in the intro, or uh... only um the elephant in the room, the big P, the big P in the room? I don't know what you're talking about. Of course, I'm talking about our Patreon ah! site. Uh, listeners, uh, you can go to patreon.com slash landlord tenant, and it is your opportunity to, cons- uh, here's, here's how, I'll, how I'll put this. Lots mm. of charities this time of year are out there saying, please, sir, please help us, you know, help us feed the naked or uh, feed the hungry, clothe the naked and house the poor. We're saying, uh, put them on the back burner for a bit. Maybe donate some money to your favorite <laughs> real estate theme podcast. 
I couldn't agree more, more Mike. Couldn't be better said. At this mm-hmm. time of year, it's really important to think about the podcasts out there and how much they need you. And you know what? Most other people are fine. Yeah. You know, at Christmas especially, they're, they're pretty much fine. Um, but yes, please, if, if, you, uh, if you like us and you want to do a Patreon, we give you a bonus episode a month, which is pretty worth its weight in gold. You're, you're in sound of gold. It's, it's worth this. Yes, absolutely. It's like, imagine there's really a Christmas well said, tree in your ears and then you wake up in the morning and there's a little present underneath of it and it's a podcast. Yes, yes, <laughs> wonderful. Uh, and if you can't, uh, please, it's fine. Yeah. It's completely fine. It's fine. Um, I, but maybe you could, if you would consider it, uh, rating and reviewing us on iTunes or where have you. If yeah. you might do it for us, ma'am and sirs. Please, uh, or shout our names in the street. Uh, yeah, that, that also works, works too. Yeah. That would be great. Be wonderful. Yeah. We also have another piece of exciting news. Um, this this Tuesday, December 22nd, at 9 p.m., we're doing a live YouTube streamed episode of the show on the Sonar Network's YouTube channel. That's our network that we're on. Sonar Network uh, asked us to do a live stream, and we said, we got this. Yeah, we said, we got this. Hey, would this be cool if whenever you say sonar, I go, sonar? Yes. Yes. Let's try it. Kind of fun. Yes, that's right. Tuesday, December 22nd at 9 p.m. Eastern. Uh, you can watch yep. us do uh, a Christmas episode live, uh, and you can see us as well. And you can watch that uh, at youtube.thesonarnetwork.com. Well, I guess that do- about does it for the intro, Mike. I've been a little marble mouthed in this. In this, I don't know what's going on with me. I but, know what's I know what's wrong with you. You're nervous what? about Christmas. You're nervous about which gifts you're gonna get. Uh, whether you did a good wrapping job, uh, whether you you know have enough nog in the fridge for you know to to last the the season. Uh, well, you know what? I may have a nog after this because I need to I need to calm down and relax. Right. Um, so why don't we take a break and we'll come back with our very fun interview. Hey everybody, it's Michael Belazzo here, and I have a very important message for you to pay attention to right now. You know, the world of oft-forgotten pop culture is vast and dense, so check out The Goods from the Woods, the podcast that is your guide on the journey through the weirdest and most interesting corners of pop culture history. Each week, comedian Rivers Langley and a collection of co-hosts take you on an oral expedition with personal tales and recollections of pop culture minutia. The show has covered everything from the kidnapping of Frank Sinatra Jr. to bad album covers to even Super Bowl halftime shows. You get the idea. And there are hundreds of episodes to choose from, with incredible guests, fascinating topics, and more laughs than you can handle. Over 100 episodes of the Corona Diaries alone have been published since the start of lockdown in March. After all, what else is there to do besides make content? 
That's The Goods from the Woods, part of the Brain Freeze Podcast Network. Check it out and other great shows wherever you get your podcasts or at brainfreezepodcasts.com. And welcome back to the show, everybody. Our guest this week is a comedian, a singer, a podcaster, a Twitcher, and a Twitter influencer. She's back to make her second appearance on this show from across the pond. It's Suze Kempner. Hey, Suze. Hi. Thank you for calling me a, a Twitter influencer. <laughs> uh, that, that tickles me because we're a year. It's the year anniversary of the UK general election, the last one, when I... I seem to influence a lot of people into being very angry with me. <laughs> you you do get a lot of um, uh, un, unfriendly uh, commenters, and you, you in fact uh, have uh, you wrote a, a gigantically uh, popular thread about that. I, I was t- attacking individuals with hardly any followers directly with that thread. <laughs> they they thought. <laughs> what happened at the election a year ago? Um. The Labour Party, who are the good guys, mm. and that's that's not even subjective. <laughs> that's <laughs> they're objectively the good guys. Did really badly, and I had campaigned very hard for them. <laughs> and uh. <laughs> a lot of a lot of Labour Party supporters who hated the leader were very angry Corbyn? with me personally. Yeah, yeah. Oh, really? Yeah. The, today he's just launched something called the Peace and Justice Project, which is to bring. Um, it, peace and justice to people who need it in this country and uh, people are very angry with him for that at the moment, sounds fishy yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh i see i see what's going on here another vanity project for jeremy corbyn yeah oh so uh, there's there's that's probably not very funny though as a first um thing it's to say pretty funny i mean it's like I think humor is everywhere. <laughs> <laughs> Especially in this year. Yeah, what a hilarious year. Yeah. It's been so funny. It's been funny like that scene where OJ uh, Simpson falls on a cake and then <laughs> gets stuck to some wet paint and stuff in Naked Gun. Naked Gun. Yes. Isn't it too bad that his he's very he was very good uh in the Naked Gun. <laughs> he was. Those those performances have been sort of tainted <laughs> by by a double murder, yeah. and to a lesser extent, his um, straight to video show Juiced. Oh, I've never so, seen that. Is it? Oh, it's good. A- it's a hidden camera show that oh, no. he made <laughs> after he um, after he didn't get convicted for the murders of Nicole Brown Simpson and Ron Goldman. He made a hidden camera show where some of it is him. Like, there's one where he's offering to wash people's windscreens in traffic and going, yeah, it's me, OJ, I need the money. That, and like, it's quite funny if he wasn't a murderer, but then it will cut back to his house and he's just dancing with topless women and stuff. <laughs> so he's living OJ, large. you ham. <laughs> yeah. My goodness. Um, Suze, just to test your, your recall, could you remember OJ Simpson's character's name from Naked Gun? <gasps> I have it here. No, no, I don't think so. I think I just call him OJ. It, do, does the name Nordberg ring a bell? Oh, is that that's Nordberg? Right, okay. It yep. does. It does. Mm. Yeah. It's is it time to do like a Nor? What's his name? Nord Nordberg. Yeah. A Nordberg origins story <laughs> uh, played so that character could continue 
but sort of untethered from yeah. OJ Simpson. Oh, yeah, they could just get another actor to play him. Someone really funny, though. <laughs> You've got to be as funny as OJ. Yeah. Also, so. was OJ portraying a Jewish person? <laughs> Interesting. It's a very Jewish surname. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, good for I him. wonder. I wonder if he wasn't the first choice, or and they had like <laughs> our first options are Rick Moranis, uh, Woody Allen. They said no. Well, it could be like um, yeah. James Bond, where in the contract for like whoever plays Nordberg has to be Jewish, and um, that's just you know that's the way it goes. When will we get a Jewish Bond? Yeah. Yes. Who would be your choice? <laughs> My first choice for a Jewish Bond. Um, <laughs> first Jewish person I could think of was Natalie Portman so why not yeah, sure. Na- Natalie Portman or um, <laughs> is Michael Rappaport Jewish That'd be funny. That'd be a that guy, fun. that 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 guy who talks like like that guy is that Michael Rappaport yes. Yeah, he seems like yeah. a terrible guy. Uh, yeah, yeah. He's like a sports guy now. Okay, they all did. Jay Moore did that as well, didn't he? If you're yes, terrible, just go right. do Jay stuff. Moore. Oof, just saying that guy's name is like smelling a fart. <laughs> he'd make a good Bond. <laughs> yeah, he'd have all the zingy one-liners immediately. They're right there. He, Jay Moore he can't is like shut up. <laughs> Jay Moore is like less charming Rob Schneider. I feel like. <laughs> oh, I watched Home Alone two the other day for the first time since I was a kid, and I went. Hey, who's that young guy? He looks familiar. It's Rob Schneider. Really? Everyone's in Home Alone too. Yeah. Now, <laughs> so he, was was he one of the? Did they add him as like a new burglar in Home Alone Two? <laughs> he he's not. He's because Home Alone Two is quite nuanced, isn't it? So you got the burglar guys, got the wet slash sticky bandits. You've got Macaulay Culkin, mm-hmm. who's not ultimately that good. He's very spoiled boy. But then in the middle, you've got Tim Curry and uh, Rob Schneider. And Tim Curry's always telling off Rob Schneider for like, sometimes he counts his tips in public and he tells him off for that. Tim Curry like runs the hotel, right? Yeah, I think so. Although he's very worried about getting in trouble. So he can't be, I don't think he's like an owner. Mm, He's like a shift manager. (laughs) (laughs) Now, Mike, we were talking about this before. Uh, we recorded. Mike has never seen Home Alone. What? I know. Oh, you got to see it. It's true. It's- I I remember when Home Alone Mania was, you know, <laughs> you couldn't turn on the TV or open the newspaper as a child <laughs> and, uh, were, and not read about Home Alone. Of, were you jealous of uh, Macaulay Culkin? Because I was. I think I was deep in my heart. And so I was like, uh, I keep, you know, keep going. Not for me. <laughs> That kid gets to be in a film. I, it did, yeah. I, it annoyed me at the time. I didn't see it till I was about ten. Right. I'd matured a lot by then, and I thought, you know what? Good for him. I was like, oh, why does Macaulay Culkin get to do all the things I want to do? Star in a film, <laughs> sleep in a bed with Michael Jackson. <laughs> <laughs> One day he needs to own up, <laughs> and I just re- like. Saying it like that does make it sound like I hold him responsible. <laughs> no, one day he needs to tell us the truth because we're like, I love to hear the truth. And it, it would be good to know, wouldn't it? What really went on. It would be. James, what was that thing? <clears throat> You've said it a few times that you heard an interview with Macaulay Culkin where he said something really like um, he sounded like a jerk. Um, oh, yeah. I, I think I think I watched him in a Joe Rogan interview. Oh, and, no. Uh, yeah. <laughs> couple of real heavyweights and uh 
Macaulay Culkin was he was really annoying. He he's rich um, just from his movies and he lives in Paris now, but he was talking oh. about his wife and his new wife and he was kind of like, "Yeah, she's a good one. Going to put I'm going to put a baby in that one." Something like oh, that. No. Just he's like, trying to be oh. he's like, "Huh. Golly. If I say really frank things, Joe will like that. So he's trying to impress Joe Rogan <laughs> yeah. by being an edgy boy. But he's 40 now. I did feel a bit sorry for him because he tweeted on his 40th birthday, he tweeted, I want to feel old. I'm 40. Yeah. And just underneath every comment was, did you fuck Michael Jackson? <laughs> 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 every reply was like, come on, what happened? Want to um, feel old? I shouldn't I have said so many. But <laughs> yeah, yeah. Imagine if he liked one, just like, or like replied with like sunglasses, smiley face emoji. <laughs> um, well, he definitely did not impress Joe Rogan because oh. he was there to promote his funny website, which I believe is called bunnyears.com. Oh, yeah. that's right. Well, yeah, and I know, I know exactly what he, what the kind of humor that was. Yeah, be. and Joe Rogan was like, yeah, okay, yeah, it's okay, like, like checking it out, and it's like right. very bad, um, like satire and uh, oh, no. you know list things like. Yeah. Oh, it's very weird. It, do you think it annoys Macaulay Culkin that Kieran Culkin is doing so well for himself <laughs> and is very respected? Yeah. Because he was just the kid in Home Alone that is pisses the bed. Right. Who drank Pepsi. Fuller? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Oh. And in the second film as well, they go, oh, no, he'll piss all over the bed. <laughs> they, don't, yeah. they don't say it like that, do they? But they, <laughs> but yeah, like, so he hasn't learned a thing by the second film. He's still. <laughs> the character <laughs> hasn't grown. <laughs> so the premise of the first Home Alone is. There's a bunch of kids, a big family. They they almost miss a flight. They r- jump in yeah. the car. They they take off to the flight, and Kevin sleeps in, and he's at home, and and they can't believe it. He didn't jump on the plane, but there was like yeah. maybe it's borderline understandable because there's like yeah. twelve kids, and it's like crazy. And then how did he become alone in the second? <laughs> oh, it's really good. So they accidentally unplug their alarm clock so it doesn't go off, and then mm. they wake up. And they go, they look at each other, the parents, and they go, we did it again. They say it at the same time. And then they manage to get them all to the airport. And they're like, ha, 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 we did it. This We haven't left Kevin behind this time. Then they're running through the airport to get the flight. And Kevin stops to put batteries in his talk boy. Mm-hmm. And then he's like, where are my parents? And he runs and he manages to trick his way onto a flight to New York. He doesn't know he's tricking his way on. He goes, my dad's on this plane. I saw him get on. Clearly, wow. this is pre nine eleven. That shit wouldn't I, work, you know. I'm watching a lot of pre nine eleven movies. Yeah. There's like Jingle All the Way. Sinbad goes, "Don't come anywhere near me. I've got an unexploded bomb in this package." And I was like, "Oh shit!" He says that on a plane. He doesn't say on a plane. He says it in a radio station. But if Sinbad did that today, the Department of Homeland Security would be all over him. He'd be sent yes. to Guantanamo. There'd be a whole, you know, yeah. ordeal. Yeah. Oh yeah. There is a bit where oh, it's just, it was it really stuck out. Bear in mind, Jingle All the Way is 1996. There's a bit where Sinbad does something crazy in a parade, and just a load of cops just pull a gun on him. And I was like, that is not funny anymore. <laughs> and he's like, hey, whoa, hey. So, are the parents in? To go back to Home Alone for a second. Yes. Are they? Yeah. They have so many children. 
are they just like extremely horny or are they very <laughs> religious? Are they like I, devoutly oh. Catholic or? I don't know. But Catherine O'Hara was 34 when she pl- filmed it. And wow. And her oldest kid is 16. And it gave it a lot of dimension. <laughs> like, right. I went, oh shit. These, and I don't know how the dad is so rich. Mm. Right. Yeah, they have a beautiful Chicago house. And they're flying to Paris for Christmas. Yeah. They're bringing Macaulay Culkin uh, to visit <clears throat> Michael Jackson in Paris. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I, think, I, wonder if, I wonder if that's where Macaulay caught Michael Jackson's eye. Oh, no, because he was in the bad <laughs> video, wasn't he? Oh, is that how they first... Uh, that, that, that's their meet cute? That's, yeah, they bumped heads and were like, oh, ouch. Hey, wait. Because they dropped a load of, I don't know, baseball cards on the ground. It's Michael you know Jackson what? likes all stuff kids like, doesn't he? <laughs> you know what's funny? When Sinbad came up, I thought, oh, God, Sinbad was in everything in the 90s. And I clicked on his IMDb expecting to recognize like 10 things. And I honestly don't recognize anything. <laughs> And yet I feel like he was in everything. I don't know any of these movies. Read first some, uh, oh, read first Kid, there. Jingle All the Way. I know that one. Jingle All the Way. Jingle Good the way. Burger, okay. Good uh, Burger. Oh, that's an awful movie. <laughs> <laughs> Crazy as Hell, never heard of it. Uh, girlfriends, Blue Shirts. I mean, Blue House shirt. Guest. House Guest. Was that What's House Guest? The, me- that the was Meteor Man. Phil Hartman, wasn't it? And oh. Sinbad? I'm looking Maybe at Phil up. Hartman really likes Sinbad because... He's in Jingle right, All the Way. Right. Oh, really? Sharing those scenes together, though. Yeah, Phil Hartman's in it. He's the pervert who is trying to get off with Arnold Schwarzenegger's wife. Oh. It's a much more interesting storyline than um, the whole trying to get a Turbo Man thing. I watched it yesterday, so it's very fresh in my memory. Does it? Is it a classic? Because I, I have never, uh, along with Home Alone, a, never seen it. You've never seen Jingle All The Way? Okay, I think you should watch it. <laughs> it's okay. not as bad as I thought it was going to be. I, I remember hating it as a kid, and I was watching it going, actually, this is pretty solid. It's, like, it's not that good, obviously, but I've watched some proper crap, so it was all right. <laughs> and then the last 10 minutes, I was furious. <laughs> it's all, it goes like crazy action sequence, and Arnold Schwarzenegger's flying around it with a jetpack, and I, it made me viscerally angry. But there's a bit where that I laughed, I, like a genuine belly laugh. Sinbad's trying to push out people in the parade out of the way and there's like a dancing Christmas present and he pushes it to the ground and goes, out of my way, box! <laughs> 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 I lost my mind. I had to well, wind it back like I was nine or something. It was great. <laughs> and so you are, you mentioned you're watching a lot of crap. Because <laughs> yeah. you are, on Twitter, you are documenting, you're watching, you're trying to watch 25 Christmas yeah. movies in December. Yes, I'm trying to make it by between December 1st and Christmas Day, 25 films. But I'm definitely going to make it by about Wednesday this week. So I'm going to probably get to about 40. But some of them I've had to turn off because they were too bad. So what are the, uh, what are the sort of uh, the worst ones then? That you're the, worst, the worst two were, no, the worst three, A Christmas Story. That is, <laughs> that is terrible. That's so funny because Mike and I both talked about we both liked it as kids growing up as my family we'd watch it every year and it wasn't (laughs) until I read your like uh, thread about it you you basically said like it's the most like American movie is about literally about a kid dreaming of getting a gun yeah yeah I never quite I just wanted that gun so much and um 
He doesn't seem to learn his lesson. It's terrible, though. It's like nothing make nothing sort of uh, has any through line other than him really wanting that gun. He'll like you'll see a scene which goes on forever. It's very slow. Where he'll go, <laughs> we got bullied. The narrator goes, we got bullied by this kid. You see him get bullied by this kid for about five minutes, um, and then the narrator just tells you about what we just saw. <laughs> That right. bully really tried to get me that day. I, I know, I just saw it. And the bully in that movie, I remember his face just, I mean, not to uh, face shame this actor, <laughs> but he just had the worst face. He yeah, he looks like, face. He looks like mean, the Grinch. Yeah. <laughs> Terrible um, face. The stuff with the dad and the lamp didn't get you. No, and I really wasn't keen on the bit where they go eat at a Chinese restaurant. And yes! Just... <laughs> Wait, I forget. It's just... It's at the end, right? Yeah, I spun on. (laughs) There was, um, yeah, they go to a Chinese restaurant and they get the Chinese waiters are all singing Christmas songs in a racist accent. Oh, right. Yes. I mean, I guess it's just their accent. Yeah. Yes. yes. And the family are all just stifling giggles and the owner comes over, I won't do the voice, and goes like, no, do jingle bells. And then they're all singing jingle bells. And uh, the family are going, oh, it's hilarious. It's the funniest thing. Oh, no. And then his narration goes, we found it so funny. And, oh. <laughs> you know the old classic rule of uh, of Christmas screenwriting? End your Christmas story uh, with a racist scene. <laughs> this is a hell of a finale. <laughs> That's Christmas- what's missing from the actual... Nativity story uh, <laughs> is that there, it doesn't end with a sort of racist joke at the end when <laughs> yeah. the three wise men. Maybe, maybe that's the I, who knows. <laughs> Jesus, say something in your crazy accent. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, it was wild. That was really bad. Christmas yeah. with the cranks is not good. <laughs> is that Vince Vaughn? No, it's uh, Jamie Lee Curtis and Tim Allen. And oh, Dan Aykroyd, right? <laughs> Dan Aykroyd, yes. <laughs> yeah. Wow. Oh, it's very, it was, I thought, I thought it would be so bad it was good, but it was, it was so bad it was bad. It was, you know, when the film isn't even fun. Yes. Uh, it was that, it was, oh, that was terrible. And Dolly Parton's Christmas on the Square. Now, <laughs> I don't recommend that. That's a, that's a slog. <laughs> no, not to, Dolly Parton is a legend, obviously. Yeah. Full stop. Yeah. Full stop. She's yeah. uh, helped uh, d- develop a vaccine. She saved yeah. a child's life recently. But she yes. does also have a tendency to produce very uh, schmaltzy yeah, <laughs> like like, TV shows and movies. I wonder if, like, because Christmas on the Square is so bad, that I wonder if they said, like, we'll only release the vaccine if you make this. Maybe <laughs> that was the deal. She had to make Christmas on the Square or the vaccine would be withheld forever. <laughs> What is the the general plot of Christmas on the Square? Christmas on the Square is a a town square full of um, people who love to sing and dance. Mm. Is is been bought? No, it's been sold by Christine Baranski, who who has a brain tumor, and the the town folk are like, "Oh no, our wonderful Christmas on the Square will be bad because we'll be homeless." And Christine Baranski, they just keep cutting back to her. She goes, "I don't care." And then the doc, and then she chain, you know, she Jolly Parton's a homeless woman who is also an angel, who <laughs> <Wait>. has <laughs> she's a, she's homeless and she's like wrapped in a filthy blanket. And she goes, "I'll make you change." 
Then she shows up later all in rhinestones and Christine Baranski goes, this is probably just a symptom of my brain tumour. But then at the end, like she, she has her, you know, big change moment and she goes, no, you can all stay in your homes. And then the doctor says to her, P.S., I made a mistake. You don't have a brain tumour. You're fine. And Christine Baranski essentially goes like, mm. <laughs> she doesn't care. She's like, fine. Wow. So Imagine... Yeah. Imagine having a brain tumor and I knock on yeah. wood that no one ever does. Let's all touch wood. <laughs> but imagine if that was a side effect that you ha- it, you have a sort of uh, hallucination where you see a homeless Dolly Parton. <laughs> <laughs> it was real. It was. Yeah. It went in some strange directions. I'm surprised yeah. that movie was able to get Christine Baranski. But I, I guess she likes Dolly Parton. Maybe, yeah, and maybe she thought, oh, it will be campy and fun, but it wasn't mm. either of those things. Also, it had a very, it had a child actor in it who was a very bad s- singer and actor, <laughs> and um, where then they're dying by the end, and mm. uh, I, I didn't care because they were so bad at singing <laughs> and acting. Uh, but then Christine Baranski calls a world class surgeon to do an operation, and then at the end, the kid's like, I'm fine, and it's all thanks to you, Christine Baranski. And I went, ah, like, <laughs> oh, what a man. Christmas miracle. How does, yeah. how does Dolly Parton go from being uh, unhoused to wearing rhinestones and uh, being okay? Oh, well, she just kind of shows up in Christine Moransky's house, but she's sitting on a cloud in the oh, house. Oh, she's an angel, you said. Yes. Sorry. Yeah. I, I see, I see. That's it. So she poses as a homeless woman to stare at Christine Baranski <laughs> and go, you're a real bad bird, I'll make you change. And then she shows up later. There's also Christine Baranski's PA in the film, who's a, like a young woman who's going, oh, I can't do anything right. And then at the end, her and Dolly Parton are looking down from the stars at the town going, well, we did it. And now that girl's an angel too. So mm. I don't know if she's dead <laughs> or if she was an angel from the beginning. <laughs> I don't know. Anyway, they just it was didn't kind of, show her death for some reason? Yeah, maybe. Yeah. Mm. I, maybe that's I mean, a cut scene. Maybe they'll release it next year, <laughs> the excruciating death of the, of the child. <laughs> she just bleeds out. She, and so, she's reaching out. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> Suze, um, do you get uh, in England or or uh, I don't know? Maybe they have a di- maybe they're called a different thing, but over here they have these Hallmark Christmas movies. Do you know these? Yeah, these bad movies? I think I think they just throw them all on British Netflix. Okay, we, yeah, we have them, and it's always and all- like <laughs> I've I've just googled a few like you know switched for Christmas or you know the sweetest Christmas. Like it's always yeah. something Christmas. It's yeah. two white people who look the, the same in every movie. Yeah. And it's always like, you know, a woman has to go to her hometown and or a woman runs a candy cane factory. And yeah, they always know. run a bakery. Yes. And bakery so a lot. Thin. <clears throat> Very thin women running bakeries. <laughs> yeah. I don't like it. I don't trust it. <laughs> yeah. And maybe maybe she goes back to her old town or something and maybe she has kind of a mean current husband and meets her old flame and he's like a yes. carpenter. And yeah. then they obviously he get bit, back together and you know everything that's going to happen like from the guy. beginning of the movie. He'll be a giant guy who he could like crush her skull in an instant but he won't because <laughs> <laughs> they're meant to be together. They they yeah, or she's never found love because she's afraid of it. Because her mm. dad left when she was young. You see that a lot. 
I just think they yep. can't. I know a lot of dads walk out and stuff, but they can't be that big a demographic. <laughs> maybe it's like maybe a lot of white women in America. It's like wish fulfillment thing that you're like, I wish my dad had walked out and then I was saved <laughs> in my early thirties. Yeah. yeah, I've watched like fifty of these, and <laughs> they are good. But you almost have to enter a fugue state to watch them. Like you have to be sort of you have to dumb down your brain, and then it's the best. There's one called like plane holiday or something <laughs> i can't remember what it's called i can't remember exactly what it's called but it's it's that exact thing with the couple and they're like looking at each other like huh and then but but they're at an airport and behind them in the window you can see just this airplane is massive just facing them and it 100 looks like a like a creepy airplane is stalking this couple and that is <laughs> i like if that was the christmas movie i would watch that in a heartbeat like I want to find what that one was. Maybe I'll watch it. <laughs> Add it to my list. Oh, here's an example of one I watched that was actually a really good one. Holiday Date. Oh, and the, the premise is... Not, not Holiday Date. No, no. Holiday it's Date. It's Holiday Date. Because I've holiday seen Holiday Date. date. Very hard to say quickly. Also, terrible name for a movie. Um, after a woman's boyfriend breaks up with her right before the holidays, she agrees to go home with an actor who will pose as her boyfriend. Hmm. This Which just I sounds remember like that one. the it was plot good. of Holiday. Yeah, you're right. It should be Holiday. As Holiday, but it yeah. wasn't an actor. It was just an Australian guy she met at the mall. Wow. <laughs> well, Matt, are we say <laughs> So, what would you guys guess happens in that movie? Because I do remember what happens. If it's a oh. woman's boyfriend breaks up with her right before the holidays, she goes home with an actor who poses as her boyfriend. Sure. I uh, bet you could predict it. Can I? Can I? I bet. Yeah, oh, sorry, Suze, you go. You're our guest. No, you, please, please. Oh, I had a. I I was gonna say he. I had a funny answer. Shall I do a funny answer? Because do you know, funny. Oh, he kills her mother. <laughs> I. 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 It's annoying because you asked for guesses and all I did was go. No, that's what good, would though. a stupid comedian say at this point? I think, well, no, there'll be there's obviously something where the mum walks in on him in the shower and she's like, oh, sorry. And then comes out and goes, hmm, <laughs> there'll be something like that. Because There's always something a bit distasteful in these films. That's true. That probably did happen. <laughs> um, I was going to say I my answer is not as, as funny. I was just going to say uh, <laughs> that they don't get along at first. It's strictly business. Yep. And then she realizes uh, that she loves him, and then yes. he murders her mother. <laughs> <laughs> she, because the mum was just a, a bitch. She had to go. <laughs> she had anti-Australian views. Yes, you're you're all right. The mother is murdered. Cool. And um, yeah, what happens is, yeah, she brings the actor to meet her family. And they, the family all loves the actor. And it turns out he's actually a great guy. And then she starts falling for the actor. But then the boyfriend who dumped oh, her no. right before the holidays comes back and goes, hey, She doesn't hey, want baby. him. What's that? Well, she doesn't want him, surely. Exactly. But the boyfriend who broke up with her is rich. And this actor is oh. just a struggling actor. But she Oh, she, she should get back with the boyfriend. <laughs> 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 That's the happy ending. Wait, did she have to pay the actor? Yeah. Ugh. Yeah. Do you think it was like an original draft that was super dark and he was a male prostitute? Because <laughs> <laughs> yeah. like Pretty Woman was apparently originally a very dark film and the ending was her taking a big heroin overdose. Really? <laughs> yeah. They don't, mm. they, they split up because they're from different worlds and then she just injects a load of heroin. 
That would have been. Imagine if they just kept the movie exactly the same as it is, Pretty Woman, <laughs> except they just add a scene where Julia Roberts does that. That would to a different Roy Orbison song. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> crying over you. Wow, I, it's been a long time since I've seen Pretty Woman, but I guess it is kind of. Mm, I'm, so he 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 hires a prostitute <laughs> to pretend to be his girlfriend, right? Or yeah. a, a sex worker. He and he's but like it's Richard Gere who who has a kind of he's so smooth that you you go okay I think I can almost buy it but then he's like here's a load of money get yourself some decent clothes you look disgusting <laughs> also that first scene in the because he picks her up and then takes her back to the hotel and that first hotel room scene is like 45 minutes long it's like a rubbish play it goes on and on and on the, the structure of that film is weird hmm i've all, i've never seen it is, is does, does he play a rich man who wh- yeah why does he i would assume that a rich guy i mean i first of all i know this is uh, fiction <laughs> this documentary why I would assume a rich guy in New York City wouldn't have trouble, you know, meeting a woman he doesn't have to to pay for. Well, he's yeah. also f- super hot. Yeah, it's he's not just like gear. Danny DeVito. Mm. You know what I mean? No. no, that is something I'd love to see. Super rich well, Danny he's DeVito. Also, yeah. His mate in the film is Jason Alexander, who's a creep, um, <laughs> and he's called Stucky. And I had to, because uh, I had to watch it recently, well, about a year ago, because I'm in a thing called Comedian Cinema Club, where we, we all, the comedians all watch the film, then we are given a role, and then you have to recreate it in an hour. And one guy didn't watch it um, when we did it, and he'd never seen it, and he was playing Stucky. So he went, I'll just make it, I'm always stuck to the wall. <laughs> so I always remember that the guy's called Stucky. But he, like... He tries to pay Julia Roberts near the... He finds out that she's a, a sex worker and he goes, here, I'll give you some money, how much? And she goes, no, thanks. And then he, like, tries to force himself on her and Richard Gere comes in and throws him out. And then she goes, "He, she goes, we have to break up because they've fallen in love by this point. She goes, we have to break up. There'll all be, always be someone trying to rape me. <laughs> that's, that's the film. That's, that's what that he says? She, she, I don't think those are her exact words. Okay. But yeah, she basically oh, goes. Obviously, we have to split up. There'll always be someone trying to rape me. So um, oh uh, that's that romantic film that um, so many women think is the most lovely film ever. <laughs> Do you think Roy Orbison went to the premiere and was like, ah. <laughs> oh, oh, "I thought, I thought this was going to be really nice." I thought you were writing a movie about a man following a woman down the street, but this is totally different. <laughs> yeah. Ooh, that song's gross, actually, isn't it? There's a bit where he goes, oh, mercy. <laughs> <laughs> and to imagine it's Roy Orbison just dressed in black with sunglasses like, following a woman down the like street. Like one of those robots at yeah. the beginning of the fifth element. just <laughs> <laughs> With his high, high singing voice uh, as he follows them, like, <laughs> she keeps t- every time she turns around suspiciously like he goes oh mercy <laughs> I like it <laughs> 
Susan, mm-hmm. you have you? We gotta ask this question. Okay. You're you're in the UK. You're yes. the whole world's eyes are on this vaccine. <laughs> you have have you been vaccinated? And right. are you excited uh, about what's happening? That I have not been vaccinated yet. Uh, <laughs> it's very early days of vaccination. I definitely will. I will have as many as they'll let me have. We've got quite a strong anti-vaxxer movement working in this country at the moment. I'm hoping it will work to my benefit and that I'll get, it'll mean I get my vaccine really quickly. Uh, but so far, a, a woman called, oh, I can't remember her name. It was Maureen something. She was the first one to get vaccinated. She's 91. Saw that, um, yeah. And uh, oh, it, it was really funny because our um, health secretary is Matt Hancock. Um, I don't know how I don't know how much Canada keeps up with British politics. I, a spoiler alert: it's very depressing. And <laughs> our current um, our current uh, cabinet are what a what a bunch. And Matt Hancock was on the news, and they watched this woman live get vaccinated, and then it cut back to him, and he was pretending to cry. I, I saw <laughs> that. Like, yes, <laughs> he was like, oh, he was really exaggeratingly wiping away tears, and you you squint at the screen, you're like, there aren't any. He went, oh, sorry, sorry, just. Um, it makes me proud to be British. Like, oh, you didn't make that vaccine. That vaccine Why did he do wasn't that? made here. <laughs> yeah. It so was... he like planned that out probably earlier in the day. Like, it would yeah. be great if I cried. Yeah. Mm. And he, he said, it's just been such a hard year for, for, and you could tell he was about to say for me. And he went, for, <laughs> for, for so many people. <laughs> Jesus. He meant him. Okay, well, do you, James and I were talking before we uh, we got you on the line here, and mm. we were we were wondering about the case of Prince Andrew. Does oh, he yeah. deserve to be vaccinated? And James, you had an idea. If if he does get the vaccine, you had an idea for him. Okay. Mike, Mike really throwing me under the bus with this idea. <laughs> Well, you know, Prince Are Andrew. You big Prince Andrew fans. Is that what this is gearing up? Yeah, no. Well, I think he's great. You know, James, not so much. <laughs> Prince Andrew, you know, was seemingly pretty good friends with Jeffrey Epstein. So yeah, do well, he they? Was fun. He was fun. They you slip he's like something. OJ. You can't say so. No, I'm, I'm very good. <laughs> I'm just thinking. Do they slip something into his vaccine? Maybe oh. that kills his sex drive. I don't know. Oh, chemically I think castrated. They should. Chemically Chemical castrated. Ca- they sneak it into the vaccine for him. Yes. Yeah. I think they should, and they should. It should be administered by a, a teenage girl who just keeps going. Ugh, you're gross. <laughs> she should just keep saying it like, Ugh, and she can't find a vein, so she has to just plunge it into his eye. And she goes, yeah. "Sorry." <laughs> teenage girls don't care. So mysteriously, start sweating. <laughs> and it'll be a miracle. Oh, and he's and he's like, "I'm cured. I'm cured." Take me to Pizza Express. <laughs> that, did that interview make it all the way around the world? His crazy interview. It did. Yeah. Oh, where he, oh he that makes he me proud to be British. <laughs> yeah. Oh, Somehow I haven't seen it, but I actually really need to. I've heard I about watched it. it. I watched it three times in one day. <laughs> <laughs> so it was so good. It's him being pressed on the Epstein connection and he's yes. really not looking good. He, like... He couldn't have made a worse job of it. At one point, he goes, um, oh, the night in question, the night he's accused of one of his many crimes. He went, the night in question, I can't, I was at Pizza Express in Woking. And Pizza Express is like Olive Garden. It's just some rubbish Italian chain. And he went, I was in Pizza Express and... <laughs> 
the reason I remember it is because I don't make a habit of going in places like that. Like, oh, <laughs> you've made, you've, you've told a lie and made yourself look terrible. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, great. imagine like the the security detail like stationed around this terrible pizza parlor, <laughs> yeah. so that he could go in and what is he dressed in his like military uniform, Probably. ordering a slice Barely, of pepperoni? He, yeah, like, yeah, hey, yeah, go, go, just just a Fiorentina for me. And he there's a a nightclub, and the nightclub that he was obviously in that night because he's a liar. Um, it's called Tramp, and it's really expensive to get in. And he said. I, I've never been in there. I couldn't even tell you where the bar was. <laughs> that was his excuse. <laughs> I like how he's like, yeah. I wouldn't be caught dead in a pizza express. Not like yeah. you scumbags. It's like, That's you've it. done nothing your entire life. You, they, they're they giving you the like the, this lifestyle. You. That's it. And um, Emily Maitlis, who did the interview, at the end of the interview, she went, because he had so many opportunities to say, and obviously the victims of Jeffrey Epstein, Epstein that's terrible. And uh, mm. he didn't say that once. And Emily Maitlis went, would you like to, have you, is there anything you'd like to say to the victims of Jeffrey Epstein? And he just sort of goes, uh, no. <laughs> <laughs> Not really. It's like, she set it up for you. That's might so watch funny. it again later. <laughs> uh, Mike, you were, um, I don't know if this is the moment to mention it, Mike, but um, you had a really funny thing I wanted you to talk about, about the fairy tale of New York, that classic song. <laughs> So we talked about Christmas movies. Now it's time to talk about classic Christmas songs. <laughs> Suze, you must be hearing Fairy Tale of New York uh, 24-7 uh, yeah. in, in the UK. I've got to sing it on Tuesday and Wednesday, and I've refused to say the offending word. It's, right. it's I'm with a load of drag performers, and that's the, and I'm the only woman in it. And, and I'm a straight woman as well, so I can't even go, but it's okay because I'm gay. It's still not okay. Uh, you should so uh, protest. I, you should assert your freedom of speech. You should. Yeah, I should, I should be. Joe Rogan would be so proud of Absolutely. me. Mm. <laughs> yeah, but, well, freedom. I, I know that that song is always uh, recently, like this year, there are two versions of it. And even yes. Shane McGowan, who wrote it, is like, I don't stand behind the yeah, language. yeah. And whatever, but um, there's another aspect of this whole thing. This year, uh, the New Jersey rocker John Bon Jovi. Oh I'm not, yeah, I'm not sure if you've heard it, but he's released his uh, a cover of Fairy Tale of New York that he has rewritten some of the lyrics. Oh no, is it just him as well? So it's just him singing to himself. Yes, it's him playing <laughs> both parts of the couple having an argument and being <laughs> Irish, even though he's Italian from New Jersey. Um, <laughs> But here are the rewritten lyrics okay. uh, for that verse that has the, the F word and the S word yeah. as well. I think yeah. you should say the original followed by Bon Jovi's changed lyrics. So I'll censor it. Okay, here are the okay. original Pogues lyrics. Yeah. You're a bum, you're a punk, you're an old on junk, <laughs> lying there almost dead on a drip in that bed. You scumbag, you maggot, you cheap, lousy. Happy Christmas, your arse. I pray God it's our last. What a What an awful argument but <laughs> bon jovi has changed These two it are really fighting yeah he's written <laughs> you're a bum you're a braggart you've lost all your swagger and the word around what? town is you ain't much in bed you're a uh, squirrel because you're nuts you're a kick in the gut happy christmas my arse i'll be glad it's our last <laughs> that's that's somehow much worse <laughs> 
So it's that's turned into terrible. that sucks. It's like uh, it's, it turns to someone like uh, making fun of someone's sexual prowess. Um, <laughs> yeah. You've I lost all your swagger. Yeah, give me a break. That, and it's a real imperfect rhyme. No, he says bragger, so it does rhyme. Braggart, yeah. braggart, braggart with a T, so it's not. So yeah. it doesn't. It's. It's rubbish. Definitely the first time Bon Jovi's ever used the word braggart. <laughs> yeah, he's heard it. Do you think he heard Donald Trump say it? Because didn't Donald Trump say braggadocious at one point? I think Which so. sounds like surfer speak. <laughs> but he must have, he probably heard that and went, I'll put that in this song. He'll feel so burned by it. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's funny because the original really does sound like what, I guess, maybe like these characters would talk like and then yeah yeah bon jovi's yeah. changing it to you're a squirrel because you're nuts you're a squirrel because you're <laughs> imagine nuts. you were fighting with your with someone and they said that to you you'd be like we're, we're broken up in like That's a new jersey sense. accent as well like you're a squirrel because you're nuts <laughs> it's michael rapaport he yeah. would deliver it so beautifully I, I'm imagining Shane McGowan sitting in his wheelchair and his bright, shiny new teeth, sort of like half conscious, hearing the Bon Jovi version of Fairy Tale of New York on the radio and just like standing bolt upright, and like turning the wheelchair, like throwing it around, kicking it over and then just like running down the street to like... To the airport to fly to New Jersey to beat up yeah. John Bon Jovi. He's like running through the airport like the family in Home Alone 2 <laughs> and Home Alone 1. <laughs> John oh, Bo- that's jo- good. Bon Jovi says, word around town, you ain't much in bed. It's, isn't it a, it's a, a couple arguing, right? So yeah. they've never had sex, but he's heard that she's had sex with loads of other people and yeah. they all thought it was bad. <laughs> it's a couple Look, who travel from Ireland. I know we're waiting Ireland. to marriage. But I heard. <laughs> I've got, yeah, I need to talk to you about this because um, a word around town is that you're bad in bed, and I I want to know before we get to that point, please. You know how you, we, uh... you squirrel. <laughs> <laughs> we left uh, rural Ireland together, and we've been together for uh, two decades now. But I'm hearing some rumors. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That's God. terrible. What oh. was he thinking? This is people who are surrounded. For decades, by everyone just going, oh, you're you're so great, and that's John John Bon Jovi. He might not be an evil person, but he's been told yes a lot by the mm-hmm. sound of it. In, in <laughs> I bet he's Republican. People... He's so rich. Yeah, oh, you know. Yeah. Do, you think I don't he's, know. do you think he's James Woods style? I I don't know, but I know he became like wildly rich, and he was like trying to buy an American football team, and like he's like really into business in a way that makes right. me feel like that. Okay, well, yeah, he probably doesn't, he probably finds Trump um, gross, but also he agrees with everything. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> One of those, like, I just wish he was a little more dignified. Like, Don't care for everything he tweets, but... Um, yeah. <laughs> um, there was another um, Christmas music uh, mm-hmm. fact, anecdote I wanted to bring up, um, the classic song by Band-Aid, Do They Know It's Christmas? <laughs> yeah. Can't escape it this time of year. Um, I was reading about the, uh, the the big day they recorded the hit song, and it was you know it was a who's who of the music world. Paul McCartney, you mm-hmm. had Sting, you had wait. Uh, Paul Fol- McCartney wasn't in it, was he? He sang in it. Yeah, I don't think oh. he has a big uh, solo break, but I think no, he's in the video. I think it's like Wings. 
Yeah. <laughs> I think it's wings. He's like, you can have me, but you have to have the rest of wings. And they all, they all piled in, all 14 members of wings. <laughs> oh, shit, wings is here. There's no room for boy George. Um, but uh, I was reading that um, there was a bit of dis... So most people put their, you know, they weren't all friends. They put their differences aside for a greater cause to raise yeah. money for uh, the famine in Ethiopia. But I did see that there was a one note of uh, Discord. I'll just read you this thing I found online. The artists were not all friends, but they set aside their differences and were at least cordial to each other during the recording, with one exception. In, in the book, I Want My MTV, George Michael said, quote, The only person who didn't succumb to the charitable nature of the day was Paul Weller, who decided <gasps> to have a go at me in front of everybody. I said... <laughs> Don't be a wanker all your life. Have a day off. <laughs> That's brilliant. I love George Michael. Yeah. And apparently Paul Weller was rude to Duran uh, Duran as well. <laughs> oh, there's a uh, Morrissey, who's turned out to be a terrible human being, but he was once asked in an interview, what's the best advice you've ever been given? He said, backstage at Top of the Pops, Paul Weller said... Mind those fucking flowers. Because <laughs> he was about to knock them off. It's a shame Morrissey turned out to be so awful, but that's uh, funny. <laughs> Did they ever, like, yeah. adjust the lyrics? Because, I mean, as a song, a full guilty pleasure, I do love that. I, yeah. I listen to that song all the time at Christmas. But... um I wonder if they ever, yeah, adjusted the lyrics that in it's retrospect It's quite patronising, isn't it? It's the bit where, because they say, do they do they know it's Christmas yeah. time? As someone yeah. pointed out on Twitter, it's like, Africa is largely Christian. Like, <laughs> Thanks yeah, to. it's very Thanks like a like, uh, <laughs> white saviour thing. Yes. What is it like? Uh, where it never snows, where nothing ever <laughs> grows, <laughs> do they? Nothing ever grows. <laughs> yeah, yeah, nothing ever grows. So it goes, here's to you, raise a glass to everyone. And you yeah. go, okay, fine. And it goes, here's to you, underneath that burning sun. Shut up. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Apparently Bob Geldof also, Bono, I mean, the most controversial line is the, tonight, thank God, tonight, it's them yes. instead of you. And apparently... But that's got to be meant, like... Yes. Like bitter irony, like uh, yeah. self self recrimination. Not, I mean, not, if it's not, not when they that's did. Wild. Do you remember they did like Band Aid Twenty? I think about fifteen years ago, and it was Justin Hawkins from The Darkness did that line. Oh. He did it like tonight. Thank God, it's worst. Was really underlining that. He's like he's made it into a, a bit of a novelty bit for that. <laughs> okay, that's so funny. Oh my God. Um. <laughs> Another mm. uh, little funny anecdote I found about uh, Do They Know It's Christmas is that Sting uh, told Bob Geldof, he was mad. He was like, I don't want to sing the line, uh, The Bitter Sting of Tears, because he thought it was ridiculous <laughs> to have to sing his own name. And then Bob I'm Geldof Sting. was like, it's just, it's just a coincidence that your name is in the lyrics there, Sting. <laughs> These musicians are a pain in the ass, aren't they? Yeah. But it would have been fun if every singer, every guest had to sing or, or shout their own band name in the lyrics. <laughs> and Paul McCartney having to like, he's like, have you got anything with wings in it? <laughs> Is there any lyrics with wings? <laughs> so I've got this band. Duran Duran's like, we're good, we're good. <laughs> 
and uh, Duran Duran were hungover when they sang. Uh, Do they know it's Christmas time? Oh, they love to party. Yeah, these guys. They. I wonder if Simon Le Bon was hungover during Live Aid, and that's why he messed up that note in View to a Kill. (laughs) (laughs) He goes View to a Kill. (laughs) You don't want to do that in front of all those people. It was, he said it was the most embarrassing moment of his career, um, which uh, like when Live Aid was 20 years old and there were all Live Aid celebrations in England again, back in 2005, I did go, I'm mortified for him. But now we live in the era of like Prince Andrew and stuff. So I think it's not as bad. <laughs> <laughs> not quite as bad. Did you guys know uh, in the 1984 Band-Aid, uh, Cool in the Gang took part in it? Really? According to Wikipedia. Oh. Do they just happen to be in town? Like maybe. Yeah. Wow, okay. It what says like the... mostly cool in the gang, you two, the Boomtown Rats, Phil Collins, Banana Rama, Spandau Ballet, Duran Duran, George Michael, Culture Club, mm, a <laughs> couple other dudes, Paul Weller. Huh? Hmm. Paul Weller just being... having a go at Duran Duran. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and Phil Collins played drums. That oh. is Imagine being like invited to take part in a charity single and everyone else is volunteering their time and you're just being like, fuck you, fuck you all. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it would only, you only you probably have to be there like two and a half hours. Yeah. It's such a quick record. You just do your line and then you get you all together and you all sing the chorus together and it's the same thing over and over again. So fine. And yet he was like, right, time to settle some scores. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah <laughs> um george uh, sorry boy george i read was um asleep in new york city after playing a sold out madison square garden concert he in the middle of the night bob geldof is on the phone he said get your ass on a concord back to london to record and um boy george paid out of his own pocket to fly <laughs> back to uh to perform oh well, bless him, uh, after being woken up and everything. <laughs> yeah. That's nice. If someone called me in the middle of the night and said, get on a plane at your own expense, <laughs> I'd, I'd hang up. Yeah. Oh, how dare you? Also, like, Bob Geldof, when you see him talk about Live Aid, he, uh, he's, not, he's not without ego. <laughs> Right. He he um he made sure that the boom t- like what are the boomtown rats even doing in that lineup? It's only because he organised it. I mean, fair enough, I guess. <laughs> but um, I'm yeah. like, I don't agree with him taking part. But he uh, <laughs> he made sure he had like the prime slot of the day so that he get to sing to Princess Diana. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Singing don't I don't tell me why I don't like Mondays. And he went that song took on a different meaning that day like, no it didn't <laughs> <laughs> jesus yeah it is weird that bob geldof who was essentially like a one-hit wonder like imagine if like the equivalent of like if lou bega had organized the world's like biggest fundraising song of all time and people are like lou bega's on the phone you know that guy who had that one song lisa loeb <laughs> Uh. <laughs> I'm trying to think of other one-hit wonders. Like um, he might have only been big hit. Do you know, uh, Chesney Hawks. I am the one and only. <laughs> He's like proper one-hit wonder. He's such a one-hit wonder that he was in 
Panto, which is a good old British tradition. He was in Panto with my friend, and he was the celebrity in it. So it was pr- it was a bad Panto, and he sang the one and only three times <laughs> in one show. Yeah. Wow. You rise. They're like it's Prince Charming, and you go, oh, why is he forty five? But anyway, he turns up. <laughs> It comes on and he's like, I am the one and only. And then later when he sees Cinderella, he does an acoustic version of it because he's like falling in love with her. So he's like, I am the one. <laughs> and then after the bows, he just sang it again. <laughs> that time, I'm not sure it was even a, meant to happen. <laughs> not justified at all. <laughs> Is, so, yeah, British Panto is a, a you know uh, uniquely British institution. Is that yeah? Has that moved online this year because of uh, uh, what is COVID-19? Panto? I actually have no idea. Um. Okay. So it's you've got fairy tales like Cinderella, Sleeping Beauty, Dick Whittington, which isn't really a fairy tale. Peter Pan, and they'll do like a family show, which always has. Uh. Like uh, a man just as a woman who's the dame go and they come out and they throw sweets and they tell the dads they want to bang them and tell some jokes and that. They're like, oh, he's nice, isn't he? Oh, and you go, this is disgusting. And then there's always a villain and you, the kids all boo the villain. And there's a bit you where know what? they go. Yeah. Yeah. They it's, have that it's here. rubbish. So now, uh, just as we wrap up the show, we're going to do our famous popular segment, Draft folder disasters. No. Of course, this is where we all reach into the um, forbidden recesses of our Twitter draft folders and read a failed tweet that we didn't tweet because either it was uh, bad, incomplete, incoherent, or we just forgot to. And uh, it's always very fun and very popular. Uh, Suze, <laughs> Suze do, you, do you have a draft folder disaster? Um, yes, and... It nearly wasn't, it nearly was just a disaster. So sometimes, sometimes I get real drunk. <laughs> Joe Rogan, I do. <laughs> uh, so yes, I had obviously been hammered and I will tweet <laughs> drunk. Um, and I think what had happened, I like woke up next to my open laptop and I typed out a tweet, but not pressed send tweet. <laughs> and I woke up and I just went I I I copy pasted it and put it in a in in a folder called uh, like comedy ideas because I probably (laughs) I wonder if I'll end up talking about it on stage it's about a year ago no about a year and a half ago and I had almost sent a tweet that just said Freddie Mercury would have really liked me kiss (laughs) (laughs) I put a kiss on the head like the kiss emoji or the word kiss no like like a little x oh right like like you'd put on the end of a text like freddie mercury would have really liked me kiss i obviously thought i'm gonna tweet that and then i'd fallen asleep and not sent it i it's a horrible mix of like it's arrogant (laughs) that's the kind of thought you have just before you go to sleep and maybe you've drank a bit It was, yeah, I was, yeah, that's, that's bad. I'm really glad I never sent it because, you know, when you wake up the next day and you've got alcohol shame and I would have seen it and just gone, I've, I've ruined everything. (laughs) Maybe the, like the estate of Freddie Mercury would have responded and said, we have checked with our lawyers and Freddie Mercury would not in fact have liked you. Oh, he wouldn't, he would have uh, not cared for you at all. (laughs) Oh boy. Yeah. And you do you also do a you do a Queen pop 
podcast. I do. Right? Yeah, they he, they obviously heard about my near miss with that tweet. <laughs> uh, yeah, I do a po- I do the official Queen podcast called the Queen Podcast or Queen Pod, which confuses people who think they're two different things. They're not. Um, it's me, comedian John Robbins, who is a big Queen nerd, and Rohan Akaria and Simon Lupton, who makes Queen's documentaries. And we right. all talk about Queen. And it and has, it's like a, it's like a, uh, does, is the Queen thing involved? Like they, they've approved. Yeah. They, yeah. They're praying cool. for us. Nice. <laughs> they, um, it's they, official. uh, they let us, yeah, we're genuinely <laughs> official. They let us use all their music and. That's amazing. So it's the only Queen podcast where you can hear the music, but it's all on Spotify anyway. <laughs> but you know, it's it's nice. No, you can play a clip and they can talk about it like a Christmas story. <laughs> right. <laughs> but it's the best job I've ever had. So if anyone wants to listen to it, that helps me out because they might let us make a second series. <laughs> Excellent. Well, I, I will definitely link to, uh, to oh, the show thank you. in the notes. Um, I'll do a draft folder disaster next, <laughs> if you guys don't mind. Um this is based on something that happened to me the other day when I was at the uh, the, the liquor store, um, which it has never closed even for a moment during this entire pandemic <laughs> and has made tons of money. Um, here's the tweet. Uh, at the store, a freezer door bounced off my head. This knocked my earbuds out, and then I dropped two cans of beer on the floor. <laughs> a couple behind me looked at me with contempt. <laughs> And I didn't, I didn't tweet that, but it is true. Oh, uh, you could have that fell on your head. I opened the fr- like the <laughs> the beer freezer door, and as I uh-huh. was like reaching, it came back and bumped, bonked oh. me on the head and knocked my ear. Everything fell out of my hands and my oh, head. Oh, yeah. I've done so you- that. I did that on my second day of drama school. We were go, we all individually were getting new headshots done. That was part of the deal. <laughs> and on my way into the room, I opened a heavy door onto my nose which then poured blood like i really (laughs) clubbed myself and uh they took Uh. the pictures anyway and didn't edit out like this big red purpley line down the front of my nose it's all blown up oh no (laughs) did at least did you get cast as like uh one of those famous characters (laughs) with a bleeding face from uh yeah like a a, a yeah they cast like they were like we're making a female raging bull (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> we need someone whose nose is just fully bleeding. Uh, and then I put on six stone so that I could play fat, raging, raging, uh, raging cow. <laughs> angry, angry cow. Angry cow. Yeah. <laughs> uh, James, do you have a, uh, something I have you're disgraced of? I have a draft folder disaster. Suze, do you, did you get the show Storage Wars over there? Oh, yeah, I know that show. Yeah. Yeah. So this, you, you kind of got to know Storage Wars to, to get this one. It's, it's pretty good. So the tweet I I did not tweet is, um, it starts, uh, me, colon. Hey, Storage Wars guy, do you think it's important to wear a mask? And then Storage Wars guy says, yep. And then I say, haha, thank you for helping me spread the word about COVID. So, if you remember Storage Wars, there was a guy, I think his name was Dave or Tom, and he would always say yeah in the bidding. I see. I see. It worked without me knowing that. Oh, no, it was his I catchphrase. Thought, I, thought, 
he he That's would like even have hats it's just that the said, yep. yep yeah and they're yeah they're yeah, he, yeah. it was his thing for his bit that's like that who was his name um oh the dude he died uh ah who's in all the uh chris guest movies and he's going hey what happened Oh, Fred Willard. Fred Willard, yeah. Because, like, he's just doing terrible catchphrases, but they're still all better than, yep. (laughs) Yep. Yep. I can't. He goes, I can't do my work. That's one of his catchphrases. That's still better than, (laughs) yeah. Well, yeah. So in the the original Storage Wars, uh, for I think this guy, Dave, yep, really took off. Like I said, he had hats. He had T-shirts that said, yep. And then mm-hmm. they made a spinoff, Storage Wars New York. Or no, Storage Wars Texas, sorry. Right. And clearly they're trying to get another guy to have a catchphrase. <laughs> and it was this New York guy in Texas. And his move that did not take off was when a bid would come up and he'd want a bid, he'd go, right here. He, right his here catchphrase was time. right here. Yeah, but it did not take off. It was no yup. It doesn't have the <laughs> panache and the razzle no, dazzle of yup. You know? Oh, you could have done a tweet about him and said, Hey, Storage Wars guy, where should I put my mask? Him points at face right here. Yeah. So you could have, no you should have sent, send all off. of these. Send all you're, of these. You're right. You're really right. People still want to hear about Storage Wars. It's still ripe for parody. I mean, everyone's still I talking mean, about it. I mean, it I think not, you should you know. send that tweet. Okay. I think, I think you think both should it. send your tweets. I'll, <laughs> I'll give them it. a retweet to the yeah. good people of the UK. And okay, they can, thanks. you know, we're where hum- humour was born. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. You know, do you know Barbara Windsor? <laughs> Barbara Windsor was a woman in the Carry On films. And the Carry On films are a I've series of movies from the 50s to about the 70s. Yes. Where we've lots of innuendo, a bit like Panto. Yes. And lots of like, and Barbara Windsor was always just her bra would fly off and stuff. Um, and she'd go, oh. Anyway, she died this week and everyone's co- talking about the carry on films. And uh, I'm having to like stop myself going, can we just admit they were awful? But <laughs> somebody said, the only the British have the humour that understands the carry on films. Like, no, let's not try and pretend that these are sophisticated, sophisticated movies. But anyway, we 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 have the kind of sense of humour that can even enjoy a carry on film. So I think your tweets will just be the biggest that's, thing that's been well, seen. Maybe my, I'll send my Freddie Mercury one. <laughs> my dad, I think that carry on movies are his favourite movies, and I'm not even kidding. Um, I know all and about the, the carry on man. movies, and I know like. <laughs> Who's that guy? Uh, Kenneth Williams was in a oh, lot of them, right? Oh, he's, he's good for gifts, actually. Oh, is he? Because there's always gifts of him, like, going, oh. I remember uh, when I was a kid, my cousin and I watched, I'm uh, thinking it was like a campy carry-on movie. Um, we watched a, a carry-on movie, but it was very late in the Carry On franchise, and it was oh. honestly basically a softcore porn. And it was, was it called, the 90s one? Um, it was called Carry On Emmanuel. And oh. there was no jokes at all. It was just <laughs> Kenneth Williams just, was in it, but it was just like kind of this sexy woman is walks around and is sexy. But did they make yeah. one up to the nineties? Like they, they made one that they made recently? they made one, I think, in ninety two called Carry On Columbus, and it's the Ooh. worst one. That's and a like, post grunge carry on movie. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's like that thing where it's like you oh, the Easter Island heads are actually newer than Notre Dame Cathedral. Well the carry on films are newer than Nirvana. <laughs> 
But uh, <laughs> like Barbara Windsor, they're all they're all like getting on a bit in it, and Barbara Windsor's probably fifty in it, and she older and she gets off a boat and she's eating a pear and she goes oh hello and a bloke goes oh what a lovely pear oh no he's eating a pear and she goes oh what a lovely pear and he goes I was about to say the same thing and they go oh yeah like that's carry on Columbus oh yes I'm just I looked up carry on Emmanuel And 3.2 out of 10 on IMDb. but That's high for Carry On. <laughs> yeah. Carry On Emmanuel was 1978. So Ooh. I can only imagine 1992. Uh, yeah. I think Carry On hadn't happened for a while. Mm. Like there was a point where they were huge and then they went into decline. I think Carry On Emmanuel was in that decline. <laughs> like, <laughs> And they would like do, they do, they'd film ones in the desert. There was like... Um, Oh, what? I can't remember what it was called, but it's it's meant to be like Lawrence of Arabia, and it's definitely being filmed on a freezing cold British beach in like October. <laughs> <laughs> Everyone's going, oh, <laughs> oh boy. <laughs> well, we'll link to um, all of the Carry On movies in the show notes, <laughs> yeah. and uh, maybe we can re- we can start a side podcast, the three of us, where we watch and review i'm sure there is one already <laughs> i would genuinely like to watch all the carry-on films with two canadians yeah <laughs> get, your, get your takes on it <laughs> I mean, there's, you there's can explain some of the, the stuff we don't understand exactly uh, it's so sophisticated you yeah. two probably won't understand this but <laughs> Excellent. i well, think we should do a storage wars podcast <laughs> yeah absolutely i mean it would be hard to uh, i wonder what would have more legs the carry on or storage wars I mean. <laughs> carry on i'd have thought that's just a bit of innuendo the sort of thing that would be in will her will what's her name barbara um barbara windsor, windsor. do you think she's in be a EastEnders lot of, as well oh okay um yeah do you think there'll be a lot of um sort of um muted sexual innuendo and like um sort of jokes at her funeral where people are like <laughs> Someone literally posted a picture of, oh, this is terrible, because her character in EastEnders died, uh, Peggy Mitchell died, and they put a shot up of her coffin being carried, and, like, every character had a speech bubble with different innuendo. <laughs> like, someone was going, I can't wait to get get her in the ground. And then someone else's speech bubble said, I just can't wait to get it in. And you go, what? <laughs> what? Like, what is that? Guys, please. Old men love that. I mean, I They know. do. This had, to, it was like a proper, you know, 800 retweets. Just doing great numbers. <laughs> oh, boy. That's the way That's I really want to go. Funny. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Well, thank you for having me. Thanks yeah. for um, joining. When I get my vaccine, I'll let you know how it's, how it, uh, affects me maybe yeah, it, i'll not find carry on funny anymore <laughs> you know what if that is a side effect refuse the vaccine <laughs> count me out Don't i'm queuing on on this yeah. yeah please um yeah thank you so much Suze, for making your amazing second appearance on our, our <laughs> podcast um you have two podcasts at least do you want to plug them right now again oh sure yeah i do mystery on the rocks with Chris Stokes and Masood Milas, we are three comedians who drink cocktails, solve an unsolved mystery, and then I do a song at the end. And I'm very well behaved on this podcast. But if you want to hear me um, unchained, being very unpleasant to two comedians who are really nice people, to be honest, uh, just listen to that. Mystery on the Rocks and The Queen Pod is about Queen. I behave very well on that one. <laughs> Be- better than on this one, actually. 
Uh, my mum likes that one more than <laughs> she thinks I'm too horrible on Mystery Box. <laughs> and where can people find you on Twitter if they don't already? Oh, uh, at Suze UK, S-O-O-Z-U-K. <laughs> Perfect. Be sure to follow Suze, everybody listening right now. Um, yeah, thanks again, Suze. And uh, James, any, any parting words from you? Oh, God. Uh, stay safe, everyone. <laughs> <laughs> yep. This podcast has been brought to you by the Sonar Network. Sonar! Hello, my buds, my pals, my friends, hopefully some new friends. I'm Trisha Black, a queer East Coast comedian living in the big city of Toronto and the host of One More Round with Trisha Black. That's me! The podcast where I sit down and have a drink or two or three with a variety of guests. Folks that I want to get to know, people that inspire me, and friends who I just adore. It's kind of like an East Coast kitchen party, except if that kitchen were a studio and the conversation was the party. Brought to you by the Sonar Network, One More Round with Trisha Black is available every Wednesday on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, or wherever you get your sweet pods. So grab a drink and stick around for one more round. See what I did there? (laughs) 